Welcome to the No Thanks Considered Podcast. I'm Tim Young. If you like the show, like, share, and subscribe. I'm going to make sure I don't swear today because there's going to be a lot of new listeners and a lot of families who are listening. Keep it as clean as possible when I cover the opening topic because I want to get to this guest. It's the Boer family, Kent, Corey, and Samantha. Samantha uh, is a young lady who stood up against mask mandates in her school and ended up speaking in front of their board of elections, board of elections, board of education. Jeez, that's where I am with everything that's going on in the news. Board of Education um, in her county, and, and very brave young lady, and I'm, I'm excited to bring you that story. But before we get to that, before we get to that, I want to talk about two stories that have really, really been bugging me. Uh, the Gwen Berry story, of course, this is the Olympic hammer thrower who turned her back on the national anthem when it was played when she came in third place. See, this is a really, really good strategy, and it's obviously a strategy to make money at this point. And and we need to start asking, when does the woke money dry out from Nike? Because she says that suddenly she's offended by the flag and the national anthem and all of this garbage. When, literally this morning, someone sent me this, and it's now viral on the internet. She has not updated her website yet. Uh, obviously, her PR team, who told her to turn away from the national anthem... Forgot to take down the photo of her smiling, holding up the American flag and being proud to be an American. So listen, if you're going to go with that phony shtick about hating America because you came in third place and you still want to cash in, it's very important, Gwen, that you take down the photo of you being excited about being an American, holding up an American flag on your on your uh, your website. I mean, again, this is just, it's very clear that this is just a grift for money at this point. And that's all these folks want. They want to be able to cash in. I Listen, I kind of don't blame them, right? If I'm in that position, I worked my entire life to throw hammers. I've gotten uh, corporate sponsors already. I basically just live to train and, and be as healthy as possible and be a part of the Olympic team. And I come up short. I'm going to do what I can to cash in. I, I mean, I, I don't blame her. I really don't. But just be real about it. You know exactly what you're doing. People aren't stupid. That's what's going on here. It's a, an attempt to cash in, and, and it's working. People are suckers for this. Also, it was very interesting on her Twitter when she tweeted the picture of herself. It only had 2,000 likes on it for a very long time. My criticism of her uh, was very childish. I said that I hope her entire team is replaced by trans women. But that had outpaced her at one point on likes on Twitter, and all of a sudden, the fake bots came in and liked it by the droves. It was very interesting how that went and how that fake promotion went. So this whole thing is phony. This entire thing is completely phony. It's done for marketing. It's done for money. And the fact that Americans with the internet and 24-7 cable news are still being fooled by this is, is what really kind of disappoints me in the entire situation. The other topic I want to talk about is this 135,000 test ballots that were found in the New York City election. I, I can't help but think that this is voter fraud. Because how would you let 135,000 test ballots magically sneak in? Here, the entire total of the New York City election, the, the ballots have been totaled up. They're very clear winners. And then suddenly at the very end, you realize there's 135,000 test ballots sitting around. What are they testing for? To see what they can get away with in 2022, 2024? Is this a new excuse? It's inexcusable. You know, we're told that election audits or a right-wing conspiracy theory that or their schemes, their grifts to try to make money, to try to claim that there's some sort of election integrity issue. But in reality, this election has to be audited. In New York City, again, we were just told the freest and fairest elections happened in 2020. But just yesterday, 
after all of the votes have been tallied, magically, magically, 135,000 ballots were test ballots. They totally forgot about it, totally just skipped their minds. I don't believe that. And you shouldn't either. And the fact that Democrats aren't screaming, stop the steal, scares me. People, Democrats need to wake up. This is, I'm talking about the Democratic primary because basically it doesn't matter who's running for Republican, uh, running as a Republican for mayor of New York City at this point. But this is the Democratic primary that this primarily affects. 135,000 ballots. You cannot tell me that there's not something terribly wrong there and that election does not need to be audited. That election has to be audited. Again, it's not a grift. It's not a scheme. There's something seriously, seriously, seriously wrong here. How many states could 135,000 ballots have flipped in 2020 for Trump? A lot. A lot. In fact, he, uh, the combo of, I think, three states, what he lost by, could have been flipped by that 135,000 number. So do not tell me that auditing is a grift, that it's a scheme, that it's a right-wing conspiracy theory. At this point... New York City needs to be audited, and every state needs to be audited by someone independent and fair, even if it in- involves having both Republicans and Democrats on both sides of the aisle taking a look at this. Something's wrong here. Something's wrong with elections in America, and people are getting away with fraud. You cannot convince me otherwise, especially in this New York City election. 135,000 test ballots. Come on. I'm editing myself because we're going to have a family on as a guest. Before I bring them on, I want to play for you the speech that Samantha Boer gave to her board, uh, board of, I was going to say board of elections again, board of education that was about mask mandates, how it affected her, how it affected her friends. She actually started, and we'll talk about this, she started an anti-mask club in her school and she got sent to the principal's office for it. They wouldn't call home because they were afraid to deal with her family. We'll get to that in the story as well. But she was bold as a kid, man, and and we need more kids like this. We need more parents like the Boers, Corey and Brent, who teach their kids to stand up and and speak their truth and and when they see something wrong, to stand up against it. That's the only way America wins. Forget left or right. It's the only way America wins. This isn't some sort of goofy thing she's standing up for. This is something very serious that's affecting the mental and physical health of other students, and she saw it. And she did this on her own. It's remarkable. So I'm glad I got to sit down with them. So I'm going to play her speech first, and then we're going to cut into the interview. My name's Sam. I go to Greg Middle School, and I'm in sixth grade. I asked my mom to bring me here because I hate masks. Masks are itchy, cut in my ears, and can't get wet. Those are not feelings I like or want to have. I have been clinically diagnosed with anxiety, but I love to talk to people after a couple of days. After mass, for the first two months of school, I did not talk to a single student. It's hard for people to hear me, and it's hard for me to hear people because the mask now pulls out most of the noise. One day, I wore my team softball mask to school. A girl asked if I stole it from another girl. I said no. It turns out that other girl was actually on my, the same softball team. I had no idea. It's really hard to make friends because of the mass. According to the CDC, 266 kids have died with COVID. Every single death is a tragedy. But during the 2019 flu season, 477 kids died of the regular flu. 
and you didn't force them to wear masks. Also in 2019, we lost 2,545 kids under 18 to traffic accidents, 776 to drowning, and a devastating 2,156 to suicide. You didn't stop sending kids to school. You, you didn't ban cars or swimming pools. You understood that we live in a world of risk and that parents send children out daily to pray and make that they make it home. We need perspective. You say you're erring on the side of caution, but caution for whom? Certainly not for children. Thank you. So I'm going to welcome to the show now, Corey Brent and Samantha Brewer. She's off camera right now. But I want to talk to them because they did something incredible. A lot of people, they've been showing these viral videos of kids standing up against mask orders, standing up against CRT, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you guys are kind of the OGs of it. And I almost feel like you were underrated in the pile of all these kids that stood up. Your kid was one of the first ones that stood up. And that, that is a credit to your parenting. I know these guys personally. That's why I asked them to be on, by the way. Uh, but I want you to tell me about that experience and what it's like, like seeing your daughter get empowered the way that she has been. So it, it, it kind of caught us off guard. I didn't realize she hated the masks, like just didn't realize she hated them until one day after school, I asked her if she was making friends and she said, oh yeah, they joined my anti-mask club. I said, the what? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I started an anti-mask club and I was like, great, let's talk more about it. And then we used that as an opportunity, almost like a school project to learn about civil disobedience, statistics, going to you know the CDC website. Yeah, how many kids die from drownings versus how many kids have died from COVID in the state of South Carolina. And we just did this, all this research and we made this plan for her to go to school with her little protest masks and some literature on, on why, how masks harm kids. And uh, she handed them out in her first class and got sent to the principal's office. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. So what happens when your kid gets sent to the, the principal's office? Do they, do they call you and they're like, oh my gosh, how dare she like express her first amendment right? I think when they have a kid going to the principal's office that's challenging them and has literature to back them up, they're kind of scared to call the parents. So, no, we didn't get a phone call because they clearly – Really? Were, yeah, no, yeah. they didn't even call us. She was also top of her class at the time. Yeah, she, she's a top student in her class too on top of it all. So that actually – I've had I had experiences like that in high school when I was valedictorian. They were, they were so afraid of my valedictorian speech that they read it four times and then threatened to suspend me <laughs> if I changed it from anything that I did. I'll that's just great. let you know that. And I was actually, and not to not to make this about me because it's not, but when I when I ran for president, I ran against uh, the head cheerleader, and my entire speech, the the it's, it was in front of the school back in the day when they used to do these like old school like speeches in front of the schools, yeah. and uh, I, I said this is just an old school battle between a, a nerd and the popular cheerleader. Which one are you going to pick this time? And the place went crazy. Dang! Nice. Yeah, well done. So same energy from Samantha there. And, and so I became a threat to the administration at the school when they would do things because kids would actually listen to me. And uh, especially like special needs kids and stuff like that. And, and a lot of kids were coming up to me and, and thanking me for standing up and doing stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? And I didn't realize, you know, good Lord, how long has it been? 20 something years later that I'd be a, a talking head doing what I do. But I mean, what's awesome is that, you know, your, your daughter has the same spirit. She gets that from you guys. When she came home and she said she went to the principal's office for handing out these these uh, like actual documentation, how did you guys deal with it? Did you call the principal and say, hey, what? 
No, because she handled it like a boss. She, I mean, she, the principal said, it's not my, it's not my problem. If you want to deal with it. I mean, if you want it changed, you got to go to the school board. And so she came home and said, I want to talk to the school board. And we said, oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's so cool. I mean, here's the thing you have, uh, you're, I, I won't say too much. You're one of the people who I get a lot of uh, factual information from and have been. And that's why became, we became friends is that you very early on, Corey sent me, uh, actual studies, actual statistics of things that were happening. And I've, I've used it in a lot of my writing. I've verified it every time you send me something. Um, it's remarkable. And so your daughter obviously has a good founding on, on where to get information and, and understanding things and making compelling arguments for things. Um, but, but when she does it on her own and then gets called, again, gets called to the principal's office and then says, hey, let's go to the school board. I mean, what's that feel like as parents? I couldn't be any prouder. Uh, yeah. Like it's impossible to be more prouder of your child. It's just like, let's, I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm just ready to, and she's shy. She has anxiety. She takes medicine for anxiety. Like she is not a verbose child, which is why she's off camera. Cause she's very shy. But like when she, she'll stand up for what she believes is right. And as a parent, who cares if she's top of the class, if she's going to stand up for what she believes is right, I couldn't be prouder. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. So you go to the school board. Yeah, that was and uh, that was a debacle, wasn't it? I mean, as far as like the way that that was handled, not with what she did and what you, how everyone handled uh, the the parents handled it, but uh, tell us what happened there. So, um, I mean, it, it's such a crazy story, but it, it you know from being locked out of the room where the board was to parents chanting in the hallways and being disrespectful and yelling down the school board, and and at one point we're sitting in and we finally got in the room with the school board and. Sam just turns to me. She's like, why don't the parents just be quiet? Why don't they just be quiet so they can talk? Cause they were just yelling over people and you know, the school board left and parents just sat there and started shouting at each other. And finally I got up and said, guys, like my kid has worked really hard on her speech and she can't give it because you guys won't shut up. And a gentleman there had a camera. He's like, have her give it now. And so the speech we have recorded is the speech that she first gave to the parents in the room. And after she told, gave the speech, everyone was quiet and they left the room. <laughs> and I was, I sat there and I realized, you know, the only person who's going to get this crowd under control, the only person they're going to listen to is my kid. And yeah. so it worked. And um, then eventually she gave the speech to the school board. So she got to give it twice that night. And then the next day, Governor McMaster, he, uh, <laughs> he said that you can't have masks in schools anymore. So, or you can opt out of the masks in schools. Like the very next day, the governor of South Carolina said that. So she takes full credit. I, I would give her credit for it, honestly. I mean, that, that, I mean, think about that. I mean, that's, that's crazy. And by the way, the resolve to be able to do that and then do it twice. And, um, you know, it's weird when, when your kid is kind of a leader at such a young age. She's what, 13? 12. 12. I was close. Yeah. Uh, I overbid. Sorry. I lost on the prices, right? Um, and but there's, there's a reason why the video, like, she's underrated and, like, didn't get any press is because we intentionally didn't want to put it out to social media. The only reason we're doing this with you is because you're a friend, right? Like, I had a couple recorder reporters find my, like, my little tweet. I did a little tweet about it, but I didn't show her. I didn't show the video. Reach out to me. And I was just like, no, like, I don't want, I see what's happening. to. I saw what was happening to other kids. Yeah. And I didn't want that happening to my daughter. And she won. I mean, she won in the end. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I am going to promote it, though. I hope you don't mind. Um, clearly, I'm going to I'm going to play it here. But this goes to honestly, and, and a lot of people don't know you guys. I know you personally. Uh, this goes to all of the work that you do that I will not speak about. And um, 
and it's just who you are, not wanting the attention for the good things that you do. And that, that really, you're two of, and your whole family is, is incredible, but you're two of the best people I think that I was, that I met over the last year in 2020 when I was traveling the country by myself. And, uh, I'm really glad that we became friends. All that aside. Me too. Where's this go from here? Is she going to run for office one day? Samantha, can you hear me? Are you going to run for office? You want to promise you want to come talk to him? talk to Jim real quick. It's okay. You, you can smile. Sneak in. What's up, lady? Hey, Samantha. So are you going to run for office one day? Or are you going to be governor? I kind of want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. That's fair because you're already you're you're already doing things that I mean again not to make it about me but I used to stand up the way that you did um, and I ended up being student government president and a bunch of stuff back in the day and I think what you do is awesome and that's why I wanted to promote you and um, and you have great parents too don't ever forget that uh, so yeah. when they when they make you when they make you walk on the treadmill to watch cartoons I wish my mom did that I was a very fat kid. Um, but no, I, I, I really want to encourage you, Sam, because like that, what you did was great and uh, and really like it was really powerful. And I'm, I'm glad that I get to be the one to amplify it. And uh, any help you need along the way running for office, uh, you've got me as one of the probably best ghostwriters. I can't say who all I write for. The FBI probably knows, but uh, I can't say who all I write for. Um, but uh, I'm always willing to help you uh, and your family. So uh, you've got that. So if you, I, I just want to get you to talk while you're sitting there, uh, while I got you on camera finally. If you have any advice for any other kids your age who are upset about something that their schools are doing, what should they do? Stand up for what they believe and no matter what's going to be the consequences, it's not going to be worse than what is happening to you now. Yeah. I wish, I, I wish kids were more like you. Oh man, I worry. I just, your mom got me to join the TikTok, and I see a lot of terrible things on it. Don't get on TikTok. Um, <laughs> but good. But I just, I just, uh, you know, that's that's just such an important message to kids. And uh, and you're great, man. And I'm so glad that I got to talk with you guys today and share what your work and uh, share you with America because I'm going to be the first person who uh, ever had an on-camera interview or a podcast interview or both with, you know, the future governor of whatever state you decide to move to. So, <laughs> no. Hey, thank you guys so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Pleasure. We need more people like them, period. That's it. That's it for today's show here on No Things Considered. My name is Tim Young. Thanks for listening. If you like it, like, share, and subscribe. I didn't swear today. I usually swear a lot if you're a first-time listener. Just be prepared for that. But, you know, it's I think it's well-timed swearing. That's a whole thing, right? I don't know. Thanks for listening, and again, thanks to the Brewers for joining me today. We'll see you next time.